Hello and welcome to Sanctum Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Sharp Jr. Um, I'm back. I took last week off and I just needed to refresh and kind of get back on proverbial solid ground. And yeah, I'm back and medicated. Um, <laughs> just gonna be honest. Um, yeah, it's not lost on me that it is Inauguration Day here in these United States of America. And many of you are feeling really anxious. Obviously, I'm recording this in the recording this before then, but I'm already feeling that anxiety. And I just hope that you are protecting your peace you are protecting your energy all of that and yeah we're gonna hope for the best uh okay today we have a wonderful chapter with my friend louisa i'm so excited for you to hear her story so louisa is going to introduce herself and then we will hop into the conversation hope you enjoy My name is Louisa, and I am a photographer, creative type, <laughs> um, living in New York. I do a couple of things. I work full time at a private school um, on the Upper East Side. Very gossip girl like of me. <laughs> and then, um, but I also do a lot of freelance photography work, which is kind of my long term goal. Working on hopefully getting more into that as the years go by. So. Um, that's a little bit about me um, and what I do. <laughs> so happy you're here. I really am. I'm excited to be here. This is this is fun. <laughs> well, I guess I'll start just asking you, how are you? Like, how are you really? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a weighted question. It is. Um, I'm doing much better <laughs> given that I, I, it's weird. I think with the turn of the new year, even if it was just like nothing changed with the date, it did feel like there was this sort of sigh of relief of, yeah. you know, there's more hope to come. It, I don't know, maybe that's just how I'm perceiving it, but it does feel like, not like I'm seeing the end of the tunnel of all this, but it just feels like there's this, there's momentum towards change. There's, there's things that are happening, things are moving um, just with everything, um, you know, it's a, a new year and a new start to things. So I feel like for me, that's kind of been the focus is just like holding on to like hope in wherever I can find it, like grasping to that. Whereas I think last year, a lot of my year was spent really trying to grapple with just all the things that were happening around me and in my friends' lives and, you know, not knowing how to handle it. And I think over the course of almost a year now, you kind of have we've each kind of learned tools, I think, to kind of help mm -hmm. ourselves, maybe not all healthy, but in some regard, just to like, you know, work through what this is. So I feel like for me, that's, I feel like I'm doing better in the fact that I, I can now say, oh, okay, like, you know, if I'm feeling lonely or whatever it is, I kind of have understood the pattern as to why that is now. It's like, okay, yeah, I haven't really seen anybody but my roommates, you know, <laughs> and, and understanding that as opposed to before just being like, not understanding, not knowing how to put words to things. So I'm, I'm doing better. I really am. <laughs> that is the truthful, <laughs> truthful answer. <laughs> I realized that I being isolated has affected me in a very big way. Like my friend, she came over and she, we were having wine because I was having a very tough time actually. Mm -hmm. So for 
just for context. So I started antidepressants last week. And so I've been, that's kind of why like my whole thing is like just been on and off, but and I, she came over because I, I was just in a really, really bad way. She's like, I think you just crave intimacy, like like just that mm. physical intimacy, like being around people. And I was like, I think that's it. And like the absence of it and not really being able to access it like readily was, is really hard on me. So I'm like- Oh man, <laughs> Ooh, you made me think about my own life. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. Because I do feel like for for so long, I mean, to an extent, most of us can like, we're kind of coasting along where, you know, we're doing whatever to get through the day. But that is such a big piece that is still pretty much missing for, I mean, not for everyone though, because some people have like significant others or they have like, I mean, you know, like that they can see and, and stuff like that. But it's just like, yeah, you don't realize how important it is. Yeah. That was the thing for me too. Like I, especially like, like I said before, I was feeling better. It, I, um for a lot of like last summer, I was like really not great either. And I think it was because I would spend like such large chunks of time alone and then not realize that that was the reason why all of a sudden I like was spiraling. And it, it, as I said, like, I'm such an introvert. I like, I didn't notice it happening because I'd be like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then like two, you know, a day later, I'd be like, I'm not okay. But like (laughs) not knowing, like literally, but not knowing that it was because of that. Cause again, I was just like, I'm so used to just, you know, chilling and doing my own thing. And then be like, oh yeah, <laughs> I need to talk to people. Yeah. But like to have, it's hard. It, yeah. And the fact that so many people have left New York and yeah. like truly feels like my community is so spread out. Yeah. It does feel like we're like on islands now and we're just like, is anyone there (laughs) you know like my community has like shifted so much too it's just completely like it is so not what it was Mm -hmm. and I'm like mourning that I really am like man come back (laughs) I love the way I love what you said about you know this whole being in lockdown being it, it basically put us in a place that we were almost forced to find the tools that we needed. Like our crutches were gone. I feel like it's that way almost because I think it's a couple of reasons, but personally, I think it's because I've had to kind of put myself aside, not in an unhealthy way, but just because I've had some things happen to people in my life that are, I think, more pressing, that are more serious, that are more, you know, they needed friends, they needed people. And yeah. so for me, it's almost like being able to be that person has kind of strengthened me in that way. And I think that's why it's like, okay, I like, you know, like, what are my tools for, for like <laughs> helping myself and then helping others, I think. And even now, as I'm saying, I'm like, yeah, I, I do think that really is what helped me was being able to help other people through this. And even if I was just like sitting and listening to them and, and you know, sitting in grief and sitting in pain, um, that's kind of been the thing where I'm like, okay, like I'm seeing how I was able to help them. So it's now like, okay, what, what are the things I can take from that for myself? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what was like the process of developing those tools for you? Like, like what is kind of the headspace that you kind of had to bring yourself into in order to be like, 
okay, I need to analyze this. Not everyone has the the self-awareness to be like, hmm, that was a thought. Why did I have that thought? Right. <laughs> well, that's another thing, which I feel like it's kind of like, <laughs> it's not a curse, but it's like a gift and a curse. I feel like I'm already a very introspective person. I mean, even my roommates can attest to this. I feel like sometimes I seem like I come across as very antisocial, which is not the case. I'm just very <laughs> much like, I can just be by myself and chill and I'd be perfectly fine. Um, I'm very, very introverted in that way where it's just like, yeah, I'm, I could sit and read for hours and be like, oh, I haven't spoken to another human, <laughs> but feel like, oh, okay. And like, just shrug it off. So that's, that's my personality. But I'm realizing in that, um, and on, in a good way, it's good because I then, I think a lot in my head and I can process through things and I notice things. And I think that also is part of why I, I love being, doing photography is just because I like to observe things. But on the other hand, it's also not great in the past because sometimes I've been too much in my head and I think things that may not actually be the truth. But mm-hmm. with that, I think already being that type of person really helped me last year and, and into this year too, with just being like, okay, you know, as I'm thinking through things, you know, really stopping. And like you said, just being aware and asking myself, okay, why do I really think this? Is this actually the truth? You know, what's, is there more at work here? Is there things at play here? And then also, like, like I said before, like, as I've helped other friends out and and talking to them, it's been great. Cause then sometimes too, I'll just be like, Hey, I'm thinking this thing, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Is this am I crazy? It's weird. Am I being too sensitive? Like even things about myself. Right. And almost every time though, it's been great. Cause my friends have been like, yeah, you're too hard on yourself, but <laughs> which is kind of really most of the time that's the case for all of us. But I do feel like it's been a trained thing. I think, um, just the, the way that I've always been always kind of like in my head thinking of things, but I feel like fortunately it helped me last year to kind of really know, okay, to know myself, right. And to know when my thoughts are turning negative and, and being like, okay, let's, let's pause and and think about that. But I've also, um, I've never been really great at journaling, honestly, for whatever reason I'm like touch and go, but I've tried to get into it more. Right. I don't know. And I've always bought like journals. I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it this time. (laughs) But really, um, but I, I've tried to get into it more again, at least at the end of the day, just like a quick reflection. Um, and that seems to help in the sense that it doesn't make the days feel so mundane. Um, Cause honestly, if I look back the last three months, there wasn't a lot. So even just like having that kind of being like, okay, what was something that like made me laugh today? Made me smile today. Just those little things like that has helped too. But it's a, I think it is a training thing. It, it does take a little bit of work and time to be like, okay, to actually think about the thoughts that you're thinking, right? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be all the time, but I think for me, because I'm just in my head a lot anyways, it's like, okay. <laughs> Similarly, when you were talking about journaling, um, I did kind of like my own version of journaling because I had so many thoughts in my head and I, like you, I'm very like introspective. And so what I did was I like on my, um, on my laptop, I have like my notes and I told myself, I'm like, in this space, as you're thinking type, don't stop, don't like, don't go back and edit, don't fix punctuation, like, just go, go, go. And I can tell you, it was the most, it's the most freeing and most like eye-opening 
thing yeah. I've ever done. And I was like, is this journaling? <laughs> That's so great because I do feel like that might be one of the things that stops me sometimes even with like having a notebook it's the it's weird it's almost like because I can write anything I almost feel like I even that I want it to be curated which is weird because it's like this is like my own personal I can write whatever but yeah to actually be but I feel like that's we're so used to that right like we we edit what we say we edit what we do and think so it's like even to have that space it's hard for me to get to that place to be like let me just this is just me saying whatever yeah. um, without any any pushback or anything like that. But yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. That sounds cool. I'm going to try that. <laughs> it's, it is very freeing and very rewarding. You're a photographer. Obviously, seeing clients is like very dicey. How did the lockdown, the isolation, even being an introvert affect your creativity? Yes. Oh man. I went through like a whole spiral and came out the other side, actually. (laughs) Um, When I, when it first, this is truly, when it first happened, um, I don't think I picked up my camera for like two months. And I remember (laughs) just being like, I I remember the thought in my mind was something like, I don't want to document this moment of history. And I was like, this is too much. I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want any part of this. I really was like, I don't don't know what that was. I don't know where that came from. But in my mind, I was like, no, I don't want to photograph people in masks and all that. It was just like, I think it was just me trying to cope with what was happening. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not participating. (laughs) But so one of the cool things, at least within like the, I would say probably within the whole fashion industry, but or um, industry, but within like fashion photography and portrait photography, a lot of different um, organizations and agencies have started to do, they've started to like kind of help like reach back and help out people more than I've kind of noticed before. So there were a lot of different opportunities for photo reviews that more than I've ever seen um, just because you could do it virtually and that sort of thing. And so what happened as a result of that was I was speaking with people and they were talking about the importance of personal projects. Um, and I've heard this before as a photographer, you get told it a lot, like the, your personal work is what actually is the thing that probably can help you oops, I freeze, win over clients more than um, like, you know, over someone else. And so I remember it was like back, I had just moved to my new apartment and I still really, really wasn't taking a lot of photos. And they mentioned this and I was thinking about it more and I was like, yeah, why, why am I not participating in this moment? Why am I, why am I so adamant about being like, ah, it's not for me. And I think for me, part of it was probably because I was like, oh, this will be over. <laughs> sooner than we think but clearly that wasn't the case um so as a result of that I was like well I need to I need to just get back out there and even if it I think for me too the fear was that like well I couldn't really do portraits of people or shoots like fashion stuff that I I I love doing and that's what I I like to do more of but I was like well that doesn't mean that my photos of like the Manhattan skyline aren't, don't necessarily have my style. Like it's still my work. It's still my photography and my perspective. Mm-hmm. So that kind of opened up for me to just be like, you know what, it doesn't really matter. Like if this is, feels like a diversion from what I normally like to do, it's still me creating and just like trying to express myself. Mm-hmm. And so that was where I kind of was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's get back into this. It's time. <laughs> so I really just, I just went on, I mean, I was already going on walks 
um because I remember for a time that was like technically the only way we could get outside right was like if we said we were going on a walk or like going to grocery store (laughs) so I I just yeah right like so I kept those going and I just took my camera and that was I mean those are probably some of my favorite photos though just from my the year is just like me capturing what I saw especially moving to a new neighborhood here in Queens like that was cool too because it was like six years I lived in the same neighborhood on the Upper East Side so being able mm-hmm. to step out of that and see something completely different kind of I think reinvigorated my creativity too um just because it does look so different over here um so yeah it's been interesting what I've noticed too is that like even with my own work sometimes I've been trying to produce what I think other people want to see rather than what I want to say or what I just want to shoot and what I like to try so even with so I just like even recently just did um like a test shoot with a model and it was just me and the model um and it was a challenge for me because I was like okay we're gonna do this no hair no makeup so that was a challenge for me to like work on my editing but also it was like it kind of forces me and it forced me to step back and like pare back everything and like without all the frills without all the clothes and just really think about like okay me taking a portrait as a photographer like what do I want to say it's kind of an interesting journey from refusing (laughs) and being stubborn (laughs) to like working back towards like a new I think a new way of looking at how I approach my work I think that's the biggest thing that's come out of this for me is understanding that even the small things that's still my work that's still part of my portfolio Mm -hmm. um and it's like all tying together to to create you know, what I want to say, even if it doesn't, it's not like the big polished thing. It's still part of my, my creativity. Something that you said that really stuck out to me, you said that you were wanting to create things that people wanted to see. And instead of like the things that you felt like you wanted to do. And I, I I literally was just having this conversation this morning with (laughs) another creator. And there is this kind of balance you have to strike or you have to pick either or that in and of itself is like a mental dilemma you're just like do I be true to myself (laughs) (laughs) speaking of your your works I do I have to talk about belonging I do it seemed to just pop out of nowhere and (laughs) I mean I've never I mean I love supporting my friends but I was like I have not purchase something so quickly in my life um <laughs> pretty sure I was like second in line um, I think you are <laughs> <laughs> I was like so kind of talk me through that so like was this something you'd always been thinking about or was this like another like COVID birthing yes this is I feel like it's the beginning of like something I've always wanted to do so I um I mean, I I mentioned this a lot on my Instagram, but I really enjoy writing. Um, In the middle of all this happening, I was like, well, what are things that I love to do that I haven't done in a long time? And I remember I picked back up on watercolors. That was a big thing. While everyone was making bread, I was ordering watercolors. (laughs) I like missed the bread memo, but it's okay. I truly was like, oh, but um, so I, I realized that this year, I was like, I really want to get back into writing. And the other thing is too, which, um, I never really shared this too much with people, but I really want to publish um, like a photo book, a coffee table book, maybe multiple. I have a couple of ideas like in my mind, um, but I need to like continue like creating the work for them. But like, that's definitely in the work. Like the next five years, that would be something I'd like to do is like publish a, like a real 
coffee table book, like the whole thing. So anyways, so around the time that I, after it was after I stopped taking pictures, like I moved um, to Queens and I remember being like, well, I, I think I want to do something. I want to just, you know, there's this, I feel like I want to put something out there um, for people to enjoy, for people to have just a moment to reflect, to think, to whatever. Um, oh, and the other thing I forgot to mention was I did have um, a digital, like the email newsletter that I used to send out that was more so to encourage creatives, but I did that almost weekly for like a year I would send out these little like stories and anecdotes and people really liked it and I stopped because like at the time work was just so busy and I was like I can't keep this up every week but I remember really loving putting that together and people would give me feedback and I was like okay this is this is something so um I I wanted to bring that back in a similar spirit but kind of incorporating more photography because that was mostly text but then also writing um and the other thing too that I think really got me starting to want to do it was with everything happening around like racial injustice I was like there's just so many it was just I knew it right because of just how I grew up and who I am as a person like uh, this is nothing new to me (laughs) right but right like this is 28 years of of this right but I think it was this sense even more it was a more urgent sense that I there were so many voices that really haven't been shared, um, that haven't been heard. And so that kind of, I wanted to start this, this thing that is really like people, everyday people, um, you know, being heard, having their stories being told, um, through photography, through writing. So the beginning issues have been more focused on me. I realize that I'm not unaware of that, but I think it's also, (laughs) but part of that is because I also wanted to like start a rapport and build this, like, you know, I want to share about me before I ask other people to be vulnerable because it's kind of like an exchange. That's kind of how it got started. It was, it was a mixture of things like inside, like internal ideas that have been floating around, but also just what was going on in the world, I was like, I want to do something. And I wanted it to be tangible because I felt like there was just so much happening in the digital, all, you know, good things, people sharing things, resources, all of that. But I was like, well, I want, I want to do something a little bit different. Um, and yeah, that's <laughs> how we got to yeah. here. <laughs> Cause it, I mean, it feels, it's, it feels like a respite. It really does. It's funny that you said, you know, in order for me to be, in order for me to ask vulnerability of other people, I have to be vulnerable. Mm. And those words I said verbatim when I started this podcast. No way! I, I did not know that. Yes, I was like, <laughs> I'm and it's it's why I started the first episode of me just sharing my story. So I was like, I can't ask people to like tell tell these things about themselves, and without me being like here's what I've got. Like, I have nothing really to hide at this point. Like, like. we have to talk about Black Lives Matter. We have to. (laughs) Some people forget that this is not a new thing. Um, (laughs) Not only is Black Lives Matter not a new thing, but this whole conversation is not new. I've talked to some people and they're like, they were just disheartened that because they'd seen it before, it becomes a trending topic and then it falls off. Yeah. And then we're back to where we started and then something happens and it's it's all cyclical. But this feels different. I I just, I want to get like your headspace around it. It does feel different. 
and not in a like wishful thinking, like ignorant, naive, like, oh, hopefully this time it'll be better. It, it really does. And I think a lot of that, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this has had to do with the fact that there were so many components that like were stripped away from people's lives that you really kind of couldn't look away. You can't look away. Um, Mm -hmm. And now I think, you know, months into this, we're now at a point where it's like, it's become a habit to pay attention. Not for everyone. You know, some people are still, still getting there a little slower than others, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's okay. But um, yeah, (laughs) but I do feel like, I mean, I think back to that and I'm like, man, you know, how different would it have been if everyone was still going about their lives, like living in their own bubbles, you know? Um, But thank goodness, right? If there's one thing that's like a weird thing to say, but it's like, I I truly thank goodness that it was the circumstance. It was like all the pieces lined up properly so that people literally, it's like, you could not look away. You had to look and see things for what they really were. And so I do feel like now, I have seen people, even in my own sphere, who have said things that I, you know, spoken up in a way that I it was pleasantly surprised, right? Yeah. Um, almost because, and that's the thing that I think isn't talked about is the fact that like, as much as, you know, as, as people of color and, and, and being black, it, it's like you, you come to get used to certain things. It's almost like you literally just like brush it off these days. Even if it hits you, you just, yeah. like I said, like 28 years of me enduring these things, this is not, I got a thick skin, right? Like yeah. the, it takes a lot, right? And that's why everyone's always like, oh, we're not surprised, which is true. But I do think it was, it, it is a little bit refreshing in a way to have people stop and think and to stop and listen and I realize that like even certain things that I post um even if it's not for I sometimes I get a little nervous because I'm like okay I'm about to ruffle some feathers again and like and yes I'm still like like I want to say things I say because I'm passionate about it but it's also like um I still kind of get nervous I'm like I don't want to be attacked but (laughs) I'm still sensitive but it's it's been so eye-opening to me the people who like they listen and they're they're speaking and then they respond and they send messages. I'm like, wow. Like not only for me, it's just like, wow. I like, I feel like it is almost like I was holding my breath for so long. And then all Mm. of a sudden someone was like, okay, you can come up for air now. And it feels like that because someone like literally is turning to look at me and listen to me and to, to hear what I'm saying and to have value in it and to not just brush it off as maybe I was imagining it and to not, you know what I mean? It, it, it is such a refreshing thing in the midst of it all being very tiresome and and exhausting, but Mm. to have people listen, I think that's something that's like, I I wish people could, could understand even that has so much weight, like being heard in this moment in time. And I do think more people are like, yeah, it's time to do some stuff. I mean, I still, you know, I still think there are things that people don't quite understand before they get their feet in I think that takes a lot of personal work but it's it's yeah it's been a breath of fresh air (laughs) even with it being very exhausting I mean that's yeah that's kind of how I feel (laughs) no like that's yeah that that imagery it I can absolutely relate with like and I think that was part of my experience was replaying all these different scenarios without putting up this like I don't know, almost like this protective glare of like, like if I look at this too hard, I'm going to be upset. But to be able to take a step back to breathe and be like, okay, 
this happened, I can address this right now because mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm like, oh, cause now I don't feel so alone in seeing this. I agree. And you know, I, I like what you said about it, not feeling so alone because mm-hmm. I think about this too. Like I, I look back, cause I remember for a while, I was kind of being hard on myself because I was like, why hadn't I been more vocal in the past, right? That was kind mm-hmm. of my, I mean, you have some people who are very vocal now who are like, yeah, we, they've been true activists for many, many, many years. And I kind of felt guilty, but I realized it was because just based on how I grew up and, and where I was in a predominantly white space, I felt like I could not say anything because yeah. it would truly just be like, I would then be told that I was imagining things or I would be told, even if it wasn't in that, in those words, right? It was kind of this sense of just like, I had to deal with it in the way that I could best get by and while still, you know, living this. And I think that's the thing is like, so many people have had to learn how to adapt and and be in, in these spaces where you are, you're always thinking about not only yourself, but how you're coming across and how other people yeah. are receiving you. And it's something that it's almost unspoken, right? But among like people of color in different communities, it's it's very much like, you just know, you, you all know. <laughs> so to have it now be where it's almost like the circle has kind of opened up and there are other people kind of from the outside who have been like, yeah, no, I, I see that now. And I'm, I'm here now, I'm swooping in next to you. It, it is very much like, wow, okay, things are, <laughs> things are shifting. <laughs> yeah. And I also like to your point, like, I don't think people really talk about that enough. I mean, granted, take everyone to task, go for it. Like, <laughs> I'm so for it. Like, but also acknowledge that like, this is progress. It really is. Yeah. It's not the end result, but I think that celebrate the little things. Yes. And I'm like, this is a little thing. Yeah. It's like if you're on a hike, but you're not quite at the top, but it's like, okay, we've gotten to a resting spot. You can like take a second to like look back at how far you've come, but know that you're not finished hiking, right? Like that's kind of what it is. It's like, we can do both. We can, you know, acknowledge the the progress, the fact that people are paying attention, right? Yeah. Like even that, it's like, yes, but still no, like, okay, this is not the place to sit, right? And that's what everyone says. And even um, at the school I work, like, that's a big thing too. We do a lot of like anti-racism um, courses and things, just especially being in a private school, there's a lot of other nuanced things there. But the biggest thing they say is like, your work is not ever done. You're constantly Mm -hmm. learning and unlearning and, you know, working through things. But the fact that you're actually, what is it they say? Like, you have to actually practice it to put it into play and to, and to, to live it out. You, it just takes practice and time. And that's the thing that most people I think are, you know, we've been in this, what now nine months, I don't know how long it's been since the summer, but that's not a lot. Of t- I think people are thinking, I, I, my hope is that people aren't like, all right, I'm good. I've done the work. And now I can like <laughs> go forth. My hope is not, is that they're not thinking that because that, that can lead to so many just issues and missteps, but it's like constantly being aware of just like, okay, this is a new way of thinking, a new way of training how I approach the world that people of color have had to do already. Right. Like this is the thing, like we've just had a head start. <laughs> Yeah, in this area which is I don't know if that's a good thing but you know (laughs) right it's not exactly the head start it's not the good start the good head start but (laughs) right (laughs) oh one thing I did want to ask you because it's something that 
I've personally witnessed and I'm really, it's just been very refreshing to see is your hair journey. And (laughs) I I would love to hear about it because one, I'm still going through a hair journey. I'm still kind of like figuring out, like, I feel like this is like a rite of passage. What was that like for you? Like you said, you you grew up in a a predominantly white neighborhood. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a fun one. I like talking about this. Um, I don't get to very often, I realize. Um, Yeah. So I grew up with most of my life. I think the earliest I got like a relaxer was seven years old. And so that's pretty young. And I would get them till, oh my gosh, yeah, through college. So I, and I think part of it was because since I danced, it was just easier um, to like put my hair. I mean, my hair wasn't super short, but it was definitely longer when I was younger and I would put it in a bun and all this stuff. I had the bangs to the side. Like I just tried to copy like how everyone else looked in school. And um, looking back, I was like, ooh. But but I remember... I remember in college, it was my first time, um, which college, there are so many things, you know, I could have my own little podcast about the experiences I had in college and just the way it truly opened me up to different cultures. But I, it was the first time in my life outside of my family that I'd been around that many black people. Mm -hmm. And it was terrifying and also (laughs) life-changing because there were people from just all walks of life people from Atlanta Memphis Chicago Houston like everywhere and so everyone came with their own different flavor and I remember I think it was like sophomore to junior year a lot of girls started either doing like the big chop going natural and I was terrified I was like I don't want my hair to be that short I was just like so afraid I was so ingrained in this idea of like long hair or just straight hair being beautiful and like I I don't even think I realized that 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 was the big fear it was like not wanting to be seen as not pretty like I was just so afraid of that but I remember it's kind of funny I remember I was like right before the end of junior year I was sitting in this meeting and I actually (laughs) this is a little petty I was dating a guy but I like broke it up with him and he was sitting either in front or behind me and I was with a friend and I was like I'm thinking of cutting off my hair I was like I might just do it like something had started to shift and I was just like gravitating towards the idea I think I just wanted a refresh I think it might have been like even after like all that with him you know people like cut their hair after they break up it was kind of like that but I (laughs) it took me a little longer to get there but I remember being like I might do it and he, I, he like heard me and he turned around. And he was like, don't do it. So I, I promise you, I think it was like two weeks to the end of the school year. Right after that, I like went and chopped it off. Cause I was like, I'm going to do it despite. <laughs> so I, I chopped my hair off. I know it's like really crazy. I don't even think he knows that, but if I chopped my hair off, but I didn't stop the relaxers, but my hair was like a pixie cut. And I remember feeling so free. I was like, first of all, I was like, I look good. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I remember everyone telling me they're like, not a lot of people can pull this off. So that made me feel like very like, Ooh, I can pull off a pixie cut. Yes. <laughs> but, um, so I like rocked that for a long time. And it wasn't actually until, you know, graduating college, moving to New York, right? So this is, I think I'm only in like year three or two and a half of this like natural hair part of it. But I remember just being like, 
why am I still relaxing my hair? What, who, who is it serving? And I was like, my hair isn't very healthy. Once the relaxer grows out, it was always just kind of like such an ordeal. And I felt there, I remember I'd start to feel self-conscious when like my hair would grow out and it'd start to get super curly. And then I hadn't had time to get a relaxer. And I was like, I don't like this cycle of feeling like I always have to be on and ready. So I remember I went to get braids one day um, or I had them trim and then I went to get braids. I was like, I'm going to grow out my hair. So I don't have to do a super big, big, super close shave, you know, but at least I could have a little bit grown out. So I got the braids. And then when I did, she cut out the rest of the hair that was like chemically treated. And, um, that was the moment where I, I, I truly had to relearn like to love the way I looked. I really do. And even there are some days, even now, like my hair, I just took it out of the braids and it's actually pretty long now. It's in these little twists, which that's another thing. I'm, I'm all the styles you see on the TikTok and all that people like twisting their hair. How do they do it? <laughs> I need to learn. <laughs> I was not blessed with the braiding gene. I really wasn't. I am one of those people. And I know there's a lot of us out there, black girls who can't braid. So solidarity, uh, <laughs> truly. <laughs> <laughs> but I really even now like sometimes if it's not shaped a certain way I can start to like think like oh it's not pretty I don't like it but I have to be like no I really like my hair and I've come to learn to love even like I know everyone talks about like the whole routine with like wash day and how it is very it's a long process and I and it is it's very long for me to like wash it and detangle and all this stuff but I've learned to love it and it does feel like such a nice like I know it's cheesy to say self-care but it feels very much like this is a, a very like self-loving moment for me to like take the time and like wash my hair and then sit down and I'll put like a movie on or something and I'll like do the twists and, and you know put it up and moisturize it so it feels very much like as I'm doing my hair, I am learning to re learning how to love myself. Right. And to, to yeah. really feel beautiful in that. So it's been a, it's been a process of like being okay with like, and that's the other thing too. I think with the hair being natural now and like it even being short for so long, I felt like I was able to really come into my own personality outside of like how I looked. I yeah. felt like it was more so like, okay, I can really just show me because there's not a lot going on on top of my head. So like, I don't know. It just, it feels like this whole long journey has just been truly coming into who I am. And I remember someone mentioned, they were like, yeah, all your pictures where you have your natural hair, you're like smiling more. I was like, hmm, interesting. That is very, <laughs> that is very telling. So even if I wasn't aware of it, like that was... That was just something else. So it's been, it's been so refreshing. And I know people say that, but it's so true. It just feels like you've, you've thrown away what society says, how you should look and how, how pretty you should be, especially being black. Like that's another barrier, right? Cause that's not necessarily yeah. seen as pretty in a lot of different cultures, but like to be black and to be so proud of how I look skin tone wise and how my hair looks, it's just, it feels like a rebellion every single day, but like a joyful rebellion. It feels like I'm just like, yeah, this is me. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It just feels, it's very, it, like, it's a source of joy, which sounds so crazy because yeah. it's hair, but I don't know. It's, it no. really is. <laughs> joyful rebellion. That yes. really resonates. Like I got chills when you said that because <laughs> that's, that's how it, I see it. Black women are amazing and beautiful. And I think I was going to say like, we've always known this, but honestly, there are even people in the black community that I still have to like unlearn yeah. this internalized racism 
towards black women and I'm like that's why I'm just like every time I see a, another black woman another woman of color like just being like you know what I'm not doing this yeah. I'm not relaxing my hair I'm not doing all this extra stuff because you know you're like because my hair is beautiful and like and I resonate with that thank you so much thanks for having this was great i love this is a good conversation i feel like we went full circle <laughs> yeah i'm i'm really happy i mean when i when I, I think i told you it was like when i was making the list of the people i want on this podcast like you were on that list i was like i was like i have to have lisa i have to have her here um yes (laughs) so you can find me um on instagram okay i have two instagrams but if you go to the main one you can find the other (laughs) um and it's just my name louisa.wells and my website is also louisa wells and that's l-o-u-i-s-a um and that there's also links on all these places for belonging so you can just easily navigate to that as well which the next issue will be coming out in february i kind of paused for the month to kind of reflect but we're back in action in february so stay tuned for that for pre-orders time because it goes quick (laughs) (laughs) yes yes (laughs) it really does go quick If you enjoyed today's chapter, I would encourage you to hit that subscribe button on the listening platform of your choice. You can also follow on Instagram at Sanctum Podcast and me at Stephen Sharp Jr. If you would like to donate towards the podcast to keep it ad-free, it would be greatly appreciated. There is a link in the show notes. As always, I like to keep a little funny thing towards the end of the podcast something that just doesn't make sense to just throw in the middle of this um so enjoy this little tidbit and yeah thank you so much for listening and i will see you on the next one it's like my whole platform is you know breaking down stigma of mental health yeah like really just speaking candidly about things while also like being hot um (laughs) like like you can be really much Wait, <laughs> you literally just defined your, that is your niche. That is really, <laughs> I've never heard you. I've never heard it like actually spoken, but like, that's actually it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing.